6: Presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five.
7: All right, welcome. Tuesday edition, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Myself, Andy Pate, Charlie Grimes, of course, Jordan Goodman joining us as well. Andy Jordan, how are you, Andy? I'll start with you. I am doing very well, sir. How are you? Oh, That's better. I can hear you. Now, now you can hear me. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought we already had Jordan. My bad. So Jordan is on his way in here, I should say. Oh, on the phone. Oh, well, I'm doing well. tell wise Yeah. You'll tell <laughs> on his way in. Charlie's getting him rounded up. So anyways, okay. uh, doing well. We've got a lot in store for you today. Jordan Goodman, of course, this first hour. Andy and I will get into some other things that I talked about yesterday, sort of recap some things going on here locally. We'll get into some national things as well when it comes to just the labor end of things. There's a new uh, Department of Labor regulation we'll talk about a little bit later today. And then we've got Numbers USA Vice President coming on, uh, Jim Robb. He'll be joining us. He's been on with us before. We'll talk about immigration and some things happening there as well. Plus, of course, as always, we'll intertwine some calls and different things that we've got going on today as well. But without further ado, Jordan Goodman joining us now. Jordan, how are you, sir? Happy New Year.
8: Happy New Year, both of you.
7: Always a joy. Appreciate it. Looking forward to 2024. It's going to be an interesting one. Well, let's. Let's get into that. So, what? yeah, nobody has a crystal ball. I, I fully, you know, get that. None of us, you know, myself and, and uh, uh, Andy included. But what do you feel, you know, and there's always predictors and things that we can look at. What do you see coming up for 2024?
8: First of all, lots of people have crystal balls. They just don't have accurate crystal balls.
7: Ah, good point. Okay. Good point. <laughs>
8: so, Okay. So let's start with uh, the Federal Reserve and what they're planning to do. Uh, certainly the consensus on Wall Street now is that they're going to be cutting rates, at least three times, if not more. Some people are saying six times this year, uh, because inflation's coming down near to their two percent target. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's gonna be six times. I think we'll get be lucky if we get three. And I think they're gonna wait later uh to start that maybe April. Uh Wall Street kinda of got all excited back in December when Fed Chairman Powell kind of said, you know, three rate cuts in twenty four. Um, but they're gonna be very cautious about it. I mean there are signs that inflation is coming down, particularly oil prices. Right. But there are other signs. Housing prices are going up. There are other things that are going. Wages are, are going up. So I think they're going to be very cautious in, in house and lowering rates relatively slowly. They certainly raise them quickly, but I think they're going to lower them slowly.
1: Jordan, let me ask you something. I mean how can they really time it when you look at something that the big major impact on inflation, of course, as you just said, is oil prices, but that's affected internationally with international demand. How can raising or lowering rates here in America really have that much of an international impact?
8: Well, it slows demand. I mean, what they're trying to do is slow. Well, yeah, here,
1: here in America, but you see what I'm saying? Well, the main thing driving well. I mean, prices is oil and that's affected Well, global, global demand
8: is falling. I mean, a lot. Right, I mean, it, it is. Y- yesterday, Oil fell by $3 a barrel down to $70 a barrel. Right. And that's because of slowing demand worldwide, particularly China, which is really imploding right now. They were a major demand for oil, and they're a lot lower demand now because of the real estate bust and other things going on in China. So Saudi Arabia actually cut their production quite sharply yesterday uh, because they don't want to overproduce, and, and that in itself caused oil prices to go down by $3 a
1: barrel.
7: Yeah. Cutting
1: production brought oil prices down?
7: Well, because it's showing that there's less demand, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. The
8: Saudis know something that's worse than we thought, It's basically what they're saying.
7: Yeah, and and oil sitting today at about 72, went up about a dollar a barrel or so today, but it's been hovering in the low 70s pretty much for, oh, I don't know, a while now. When you
8: consider it, we have a hot war in the Middle East. It's getting hotter all the time. It's not only Israel Hamas. It's the Houthi rebels going up the Red Sea, it's bombs going off in Iran and Lebanon and Syria and Iraq, and just conflagrations all over the place. Hezbollah, I mean, you know, you wouldn't think with a hot war in the Middle East that the oil would be going down to about $70 a barrel. But
7: well, the, and, I, and we've talked about this last time you were on. I think even in December we talked about this, and I've had others on discussing this as well, given the fact that we're the largest... Producer of oil now, and we're not part of OPEC. We're we're the stabilization factor in all of that right now.
8: We are the swing producers. I would say that's yep. right. We're producing about thirteen and a half million barrels a day, largest in the world. Saudi Arabia is about eleven million, and uh, we're becoming more energy independent, despite everything. And Biden has tried to do to right. stop that from
7: happening. Yeah, <laughs> you know, in it's spite awesome of all anyway. of that, we're we're doing fairly well now. For everybody listening, please make sure you understand the math. Even though we say all of that, the United States of America, and I haven't checked here recently, Jordan, but last time I looked, we use about 18 to 20 million barrels of oil a day in this country. So even though we're producing you know, above 13, we cannot produce everything we as a country need daily. Now, what we right. could import from Canada and even Mexico and some close-in nations, could we be independent completely outside of OPEC? Absolutely. And I think, again, that's part of what's driving the price where it is.
8: And I think it's going to continue. That's going to be one of the trends of this year, is how low will oil prices go? And that's obviously having a positive impact on U.S. consumers. You're seeing gas below $3 a gallon now. Correct. And not only directly at the pump, but indirectly. All of the shippers, the truckers, and cruise lines, and airlines, and everybody who's using right. uh, gasoline Everybody benefits from that. of a bonus here.
7: That's right. It's all, that's all a... Now, given that, and I, I'm like you, I don't really see, even with things that have gone on, overseas and you would you would have thought in in historically gone you know what's gone on over with the different wars the middle east and so on prices would have shot up and we would be paying four bucks a a gallon or more at the pump but again given what we're doing in this country and even some of the countries around us you know canada included tar sands and so on the reality is that hasn't happened i don't think that's going to happen really throughout the entirety of 2024 Uh, i would predict gas prices to stay fairly stable I don't know how low oil will go. That's a, that's a crystal ball I don't have, but I don't see huge gas prices this year.
8: Right. If we can stay to $3 a gallon or thereabouts, that's a real benefit to us. I think that's going to happen. It, but it, it's more on the demand side than the supply side, demand coming down. Uh, as I said, China, but other places too. Europe, right. their economy is very weak. Uh, Russia has been putting oil on the market. Uh, both well, it's the only thing they have India to sell to fund their war effort.
7: Everybody. So, yeah, they're, they're going to pump as much as they possibly can right. because they don't have a choice. That's what's funding the war.
1: But, Jordan, That's you right. don't see those economies bouncing back anytime soon, right? So I would think no, that demand's going to stay low.
8: Exactly. But China, particularly, had been a big swing factor in the demand.
7: Oh, um, they're struggling. And
8: when, when they were really building all these buildings and their economy was soaring, a lot of demand for oil, which they don't have much oil domestically there. And no. now that they're... So weak, very indebted. Um, most of the real estate developers have gone bankrupt in China. Right. And it's not only the, the private companies, but the uh, public entities, both at the federal and the local level, took on a huge amount of debt to do all this overbuilding of real estate. So they're indebted as well. So it's a tremendous burden on their economy, and that means much less oil demand worldwide. Now, and and I, other demand as well. I mean, not only oil, but all the other things that they were importing concrete correct. and iron and correct, just everything. They were really a major swing factor. So all the countries, depending on exporting to China, are getting hurt by this as well.
7: Which, not to chuckle here, but I go back to the comments I continue to make about the Fed not having the same impact they once had. They don't have the same tools in the toolbox. They're going to take credit, by the way, for everything you just mentioned, even though they had absolutely zero to do with it.
8: Well, I agree. I mean, the, the China would be what I would call a self-inflicted wound. I mean, they did not have to be overbuilding thousands of apartment buildings that are sitting there either empty or half built that will never be finished. Uh, just think of the waste of the investment. It's just staggering. Correct. It's just staggering. Correct. And, and so that's something the Fed had to, anything to do with. I agree.
7: And I don't. I don't. You know, we wouldn't know because it didn't work out this way. But I would venture to guess. If the Fed had just gone up a couple of points on interest rates and not have the huge impact here and even now affecting people when it comes to credit card debt and so on that we'll get into, my thought process is if they hadn't done what they did, we'd be in much better shape today than where we are. All the more reason why I disagree with you. I do see them doing rate cuts faster and larger, maybe not as many, but I'm still going to predict a point by June.
8: Well, that would be a lot. Well, we'll take that back. I think the Fed is very cautious.
7: I think the Fed is very politically motivated to make sure this particular administration stays in the White House.
8: Well, that's possible. Uh, they would deny that, but it's certainly No, oh, Of a course they will. <laughs> yeah.
7: no, all day long they will. <laughs> right. Absolutely so, I mean, they will. They looking, have to.
8: They're looking at the numbers. Now, we're going to get a consumer price index number um, on Thursday and producer prices So this week. If we get into the two range, like 2.9 or something mm-hmm. like that, it's going to give them more cover. The unemployment report we had on Friday was stronger than they would have liked. We had 216,000 jobs created, much more than expected.
7: Yeah, but I read some of the underlying things of that, and the reality is that's not a lot of American workers in that figure. Those are a lot more immigrant workers that are into that figure. Does that affect what the Fed does?
8: Well, I mean, the overall employment market is still quite strong, 3.7% unemployment rate. Um, Now, the two previous months were revised downward. Quite sharply, right? Actually, um, but uh, the way the Fed looks at it, the employment market is tight. They would prefer unemployment being to the four percent range instead of three point seven percent. Right. Um, to some extent, it's a workforce participation thing because a lot of baby boomers retiring; they're, they're hitting their late sixties and seventies, and right. they're just not going to keep. So you can't replace those with younger people. There's just not enough of them, and in in theory, you could bring immigrants, but we're restricting the amount of immigration at least legal immigration. We're not restricting illegal immigration.
7: No, not at all. Not at all, no. It's a flood. Yeah. <laughs> Please, but, yeah. By the way, great segue. I do want to talk about the credit card debt in a moment, yeah. Jordan, what that has on... what that what kind of effect that has in in regards to the Fed and then also be thinking about what we can you know give people tools for if they're one of those individuals that's been caught up in that to where their credit card bills are high the interest rates are really getting high what do they do in regards I know that's not necessarily in my notes but I did want to cover that a little bit today if we can on giving them some advice on that and and before we go to break how do they get a hold of you Jordan?
8: Uh, Jordan at MoneyAnswers.com is my email. I get emails from you folks all the time. I always forgot to help.
7: All right, perfect. Bruce Simmons is next. He's our reverse mortgage professor, which also might fit into some of what we're talking about today. Give Bruce a call. You can Find him at klzradio.com.
9: A reverse mortgage can make sense for you In your pocket. Call Bruce Simmons for a free consultation at 303-467-7821. That's 303-467-7821. Or schedule online now at klzradio.com slash reverse. And MLS 409914, American Liberty Mortgage is an equal housing lender.
7: We have a great doctor, by the way, that's a partner here, Dr. Scott Faulkner, my physician. He would love to be yours as well. Call him today, 303-663-6990.
9: Tired of waiting weeks for an appointment? Unlike other practices, Dr. Scott has the remarkable ability to see you in a matter of days. Don't wait any longer. Call Castle Rock Cryo IV and Integrative Healthcare at 303-663-6990 to schedule your appointment with Dr. Scott Faulkner today.
7: All right, Level Engineering, find out if solar is a good fit for you. I've been talking to Alan with my commercial building, and he's got the ability to do that as well. So please give him a call. Find out whether you're a commercial Uh, owner or whether you own a residence or both by the way you can talk to alan he'll help you out find him at klzradio.com alan davis
0: of level engineering wants you to have the whole story about saving money with solar everyone knows that solar power saves you money but the most important savings are all those dollars you won't have to pay the power company for most homes that will mean paying thousands less for electricity annually and the average tax credit For installing solar in your home is 56%. That's more money in your pocket. In addition to the money that you will save each month, solar can add $15,000 or more to the value of your home, and homes with solar panels sell faster than those without. Today's solar energy is a great financial decision on your part when you work with Alan Davis. Alan is the solar money-saving expert, so talk to him directly by going to klzradio.com slash solar for a free, no obligation consultation. God. Country. Reason. Now back to John Rush.
7: All right, we are back. Jordan Goodman with us. America's Money Answer Man. Myself, Andy. Page. Jordan, let's talk for a moment about credit cards, by the way, I think. Yep part of why i think the fed has to look at doing something sooner than later the average family is just now uh, carrying you know they're carrying too much credit card debt they had to do that because of some of the things economically that happened in some cases because they spend too much and not my not my place to say why the fact of the matter is it's high it's there some of these people are paying close to 30% interest and to the point where, it, you know, I mean, it's bad when you're paying twenty, you know, eighteen to twenty, but it's really bad when you're paying close to thirty. Jordan, I do think the Fed has to look at that part of it as well.
8: Well, the Fed doesn't control credit card rates. Uh, I mean, when they lower rates, the prime rate comes down again, and and the. Credit card companies are charging a spread over the prime. Correct, but
7: it all—you know—you know that spread. The spread is always the spread. They're always going to make that. The lower the prime a is, huge spread. The, it it's is a, a huge, huge spread, spread on and, and we all know. And for those of you listening, the reason the spread is high is because it's unsecured debt. They know there's high risk there.
8: That's right. So uh, we have over a trillion in credit card debt now. Now the holiday huge. season was very strong. I mean, people were spending a lot, particularly online. All of that was credit card spending. Roughly 40% of people revolve their balances every month. So about 60% paid off, 40% revolve. At 20 to 30%, it's really expensive. And So right now, those Christmas bills are coming in, and uh, people don't know what
7: to do. Right.
8: They spent more than their incomes. I'm glad they had a great holiday season. but then, uh, right. Now they've
7: now they got to uh, pay the piper. They're
8: paying the Panda piper here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing they can do is they can get one of these 0%. Bounce transfer offers. Okay. And at least temporarily get it down okay. to a
7: month Good idea. I like that? How How's
1: that work?
8: All right. So there's a, a website that I can give you, which is called MyGuideToCreditCards.com. And you, you go on there, you open a new account at a new credit card company, and then uh, transfer your balances from your existing 20% plus accounts to the new account. Okay. At 0%. It's not forever. It's for maybe right.
7: six a months year or whatever. Yeah. most,
8: something yeah. like that. But then, if you can start making progress on the principal instead of just paying interest your whole life, uh, in theory, you get it paid off, and then you won't have to do it. But Don't spend up the cards. Right. right, right,
7: right. Up. That's exactly right. No, All no, you, get, which is what
8: a lot of people do. Doing
7: you know? this just to transfer balances and get them paid off faster.
8: That would be one thing that people can do. Okay. Um, to, to get under control, uh, there are fewer of these zero percent balance transfers than there used to be, but they still are out there, and. And that website, MyGuideToCreditCards.com, is a way to find
7: you. MyGuideToCreditCards.com. I'll put that in my notes. Perfect. Thank you. All right. What else?
8: Well, are we going to shut the government down in two weeks? No. (laughs) I think they've already got that
7: figured out. Um, uh, By the way, uh, they came up with
8: a top-line number, but they have not come up with the, the... Resolution that both sides. Yeah,
1: but Jordan, uh, they, they came up with that earlier than they normally do in this process.
7: Yeah, and despite what a lot of folks wanted to have happen with the Speaker, hoping that this guy would toe the line, the reality, Jordan, is I think he's even going to cave faster than McCarthy did. So, yep. yes, this will all get taken care of.
8: Well, we'll see. I mean, they, they came out over the weekend with the number, I think it was $1.6 something like that. Right. And uh, the Freedom Caucus immediately said, not good enough. Of so course. in order to pass this thing, if they're going to vote against it, you only have a two-vote margin uh, for the Republicans in the House. You're going to have to get Democratic support to get it passed, which is exactly what happened in October, and that's when they threw out McCarthy. Yep. So we could have another scenario where it gets passed with Democratic support, and they throw out Johnson. We
7: go through a whole other round. Yeah, I'm not
1: have uh, I don't think they'll do that, because yeah. Johnson's their guy. And yeah. they're not going to – that would be admitting they did something wrong. Nobody ever happen. does that.
7: No, it's not happening.
8: <laughs> so I hope, that, I hope you're right, and I hope we do not close the government down. But we're talking about next Friday, January 19th here. This is coming up pretty fast. Right. Um, and then there's a two-step process here. That's the first one, about half the government. And then if that happens on the second one's February 2nd, we close the whole government down. So we don't need this right now. It's avoidable. Uh, I hope they can work it out, but there are just tremendous differences between the Democrats and Republicans on these budget issues uh, as we enter an election year here.
7: Well, unfortunately, I think that um, at the end of the day, it still gets done. And again, this is going against the grain of the Freedom Caucus and others that are on that far side of the aisle, Jordan, and they're not going to like it, but it's still going to happen.
1: If I may, really quick here, Jordan, I think one reason that a lot of Republicans are willing to deal right now is because they don't want this to become a major issue because Republicans are polling so well on virtually right. all other issues, right. and right. so they, they and if so if they right sure now is right. So
8: it's, it's, it's a governance issue.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right now is a great time to sacrifice an issue like this when you're polling so well on the border, so well on the, the economy, so well on so many things. Right. Why would you want to mess with that?
8: Yeah, I agree with you. If they are instead the party that shut the government down and caused all kinds of trauma and inconvenience for all kinds of people. That's what becomes yep. your image going into an election year. That's why I don't to, think it'll
7: happen. No, no well, Yeah, it, yeah it, it's not. So, again, so we throw that one out. I don't see that happening. And on top of that, we'll get you've that got done.
8: Israel, uh, Ukraine, southern border, Taiwan, you know. Yeah, th- those are bigger issues as we
7: go through 2024. I do think the Israelis know what they're doing. They'll get that one tackled. I'm not too concerned about that one. The Ukraine... Russia deal, that one does bother me because we just keep uh, you know dumping money down a rat hole that I just don't see any end in sight, and we're going to have to have well, something no that gives there.
8: But if we, if we don't give the money, then the end in sight is Russia winning, which is not an end we want, I think. So it's a, it's a shame it's a stalemate, but we've got to hold up our yeah, the, my, In my
7: opinion, neither answer is good. That's my—and that, it's, it's a no-win situation. Yeah, That's Jordan, the problem with it.
1: Jordan, I don't think that it's an either-or. I think that we can—if we had an actual president, which, of course, we do not, and I'm not just saying that as a Republican taking a shot at the Democrat no, we, president. we don't have We that. literally do not have a president. Right. Okay, and so what I'm saying is this. If we had an actual president, if, say, Donald Trump or one of the others were in that position, I think that war would be ended pretty quickly. I really do.
7: There's no one. We have no one (laughs) in our side, Jordan, that can negotiate for crap. That's our problem.
1: You would have to have because then the the, here's the thing: the the current American president, first of all, is so completely compromised in that situation. He his family was bought off by Ukraine. I mean, for crying out loud, and by Russian oligarchs. He is so compromised he can't even negotiate. If we had a an American president right now, should understand the incredible. Financial, economic leverage we have over those two entities, and that we can bring that to bear in negotiations. We're not doing any of that. All we're doing is financing the war. Right. That's all we're doing. What
8: would it look like, Andy? What would a peace look like? Russia's going to keep the territory it's taken. Roughly 20%
1: of Ukraine? I do I mean, believe, I, yeah, in my opinion, I do believe that Russia will keep a portion of Ukraine. I can't say what percentage. Do I believe they'll keep a portion of Ukraine? Yes, I do. And by the way, in that portion of Ukraine, those people have traditionally been very pro-Russia anyway. they In those in those areas of Ukraine, very a lot of them wanted to be part of Russia. That does not justify what he did. Of course, I'm not. I'm only talking about the numbers on the ground. Do I believe that that is what's going to be? It's going to look at in the end. Yes, that
8: is well, there's what going I to be believe. A lot of bloodshed between now and then,
1: okay? right? Yeah, and there doesn't there. have to be. There doesn't have to be. We 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 have no president. Okay, if we yeah. had an actual president who could bring to bear the economic factors that we could on those two, then we would have actual negotiations. Well, we, we don't have, have
8: Russia. Them. I mean, we've had sanctions all over the place on, on every industry and all their oligarchs. Right, we've tried to put a lot of pressure on Russia. Yeah,
1: but uh, that, 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 that's worthless. That's, that's worth. pressuring. That's worthless. That's pressuring one side while we're rewarding the other side. All you're doing is perpetuating war because all Russia has to do is turn around and sell oil to offset. That's that's not going to do but you any good doing, at all.
7: Correct, we we, we actually well, have yeah. a lot of impact. Now, one thing that will start to change some of that, I believe, and nobody in the in the press is really talking about this, Jordan, is when prices start to come down and knowing that. That Russia has had to sell oil on the cheap because they're not selling at seventy-two dollars right. a barrel; they're selling nope. at half of that. So That's think right. about being, you know, half of a hundred versus half of seventy versus half of sixty potentially. Even that will that will also have a huge impact upon their ability to fund their own war.
8: You're right; they're going to get a lot less. I mean, they're getting less, but they're getting a lot less from the having of oil prices. Well, and the other thing start. that I don't
7: think they've counted on is they also didn't count on the entire world's population not needing as much. In other words, demand falling from some of their cohorts in China, by the way. Uh, They didn't count on that. My point is, as a lot of that falters and we continue to pump out of our own ground, which, by the way, in spite of our own administration, they could have done this much quickly, much more quickly, by the way, and even put more of a stop to this war sooner. But they chose not to because, to Andy's point, we don't have anybody leading.
8: Yeah, well, we'll see. It's going to be a big drain. I mean, maybe these things will happen, but not this year. I think it's just going to be bloody stalemate for the entire year, just wasting a huge amount of... I mean, well, is, and you mean, know, Jordan, and, by, and by the way, really quick
7: on, on our side, Jordan, I am a fan of this. We have got to sit down with Ukraine and figure out, guys. Listen, we cannot keep supporting this. You're right. going to have to go to some other wells to start pulling money out of, i.e., your other European counterparts. Because the reality is, we're not doing this forever. So you best figure out how you're going to get an end to this thing, well, one way or the other.
8: European allies are getting a little uh, uh, worn out about this as well. We're of coming course. up on two years.
7: And this and really quick, what I mean by that, Jordan, speak. is maybe this is a situation where Ukraine and somebody like myself that's pretty bold has to sit down and say, okay, you knuckleheads, let's figure out how we're going to divvy this thing up and put an end to this thing, or you're both going to be in the tank. I mean, literally, somebody with that much boldness has to stand in front of them and tell them that. Yeah. And we're not.
1: Let, hey, we're not, J- Jordan, let me ask you much. a question here. China. Okay. Let's say, hypothetically, um, the, the war ends, or at least it goes down. It's It draws down. And okay. Russia no longer needs to sell at a tremendous cut rate to China their oil. China is very dependent on having really, really cheap oil because they got a lousy economy anyway. What happens if China has to start paying something closer to market value on oil? What would that do to China?
8: You're, you're right. It's going to be a big cost yep. to China. I mean, they are in a world of hurt. The reasons we talked about before, the real estate yep, right. sector, but also demographically. Yep. They've got a very old population. Yep. Remember, they had many, many decades
7: of a one-child one, one, po- one child, by the way, right. being a male. Right. Because all right. the females were killed.
8: That's right. So th- they have a demographic time bomb that's going off right yep. now. They have literally hundreds of millions... Well, the
7: but,
1: are security. Yeah. Okay. So What an awful place by the way to be a guy
8: oh, if you want to date.
1: Oh,
7: it's terrible. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, there there are some stories going around. Oh, that's a that's a topic for another day without you, Jordan, but yeah, that's a that's a big issue. All right, time yeah, out. It's, we'll it's come right back, guys. Problem. Jordan yeah. once again, how do folks find you? Uh, moneyanswers.com is my email. All right, Veteran Windows and Doors is up next, by the way. We've got 45% off front and back doors, by the way, entry doors and 40% off windows. Give Dave a call today. Find him at klzradio.com.
5: Veteran Windows and Doors simplifies and streamlines your new window installation. They will alleviate the scheduling issues of a multi-window installation by completing the entire process for you, typically within two days. And Veteran Windows and Doors follow stricter installation guidelines than what is required in the industry because that is their business model, to do right by you, the customer. Veteran makes sure every window is properly flashed, insulated, and sealed so you can be 100% confident in a job done right every time. Veterans Crew consists of vetted, trusted, and insured technicians, so you know you will always be in good hands. They also offer a five-year installation guarantee. This month, they will take 40% off both product and installation when you buy eight or more windows. Start saving today by going to klzradio.com slash window. That's klzradio.com slash window.
7: Ridgeline Auto Brokers, again, with a second location to serve you up in Fort Collins. Give them a call. Find out what they can do for you. And there, again, at 1101 North College Avenue in Fort Collins, also a location in Boulder, ridgelineautobrokers.com.
6: Are you in the market for a reliable car that won't break the bank?
7: Ridgeline Auto Brokers, the smartest way to buy a car. Cub Creek Heating and Air Conditioning. If you've got questions when it comes to your heating and HVAC, or you want to upgrade your furnace, give them a call today. Find them at klzradio.com.
2: Ream Pro Partners' Cub Creek Heating and AC are serious about keeping you safe from poisons like carbon monoxide your furnace creates carbon monoxide and over the years can develop leaks and cracks that put your family in danger the worst part you probably won't know because carbon monoxide is colorless odorless and undetectable without special detectors that cub creek will give you for free carbon monoxide poisoning can cause nervous system issues chronic illness and even death that's why Cub Creek is giving you a free carbon monoxide detector just for having them over to service your furnace. You might already have detectors on your smoke alarms, but those are on the ceiling, and carbon monoxide gas is heavier than air, so typically it doesn't go anywhere near your ceiling. Cub Creek has openings available now, so go to klzradio.com HVAC to schedule and get your free detector today.
6: Now, back to Rush to Reason, presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five.
7: All right, moving right along. Jordan Goodman, America's Money Answer Man, myself, and uh, Andy Pate, Charlie Grimes, of course. Jordan, again, one more time, so folks, don't forget, as we start 2024, how do they get a hold of you?
8: Uh, they can always email me at Jordan@moneyanswers.com.
7: Real estate, what are your predictions for that this year?
8: Well, we have two different markets completely, uh, residential and commercial. Uh, On the commercial side, uh, we clearly have a a surplus of office buildings. There was a recent number that came out. Twenty percent of all office buildings in the country are vacant now. It's an all-time high. And I think it's a long-term situation. People are not going back to the office as much as they want, and we still got too much of it. So there's real problems. There's going to be bankruptcies and loan restructurings and all kinds of things, and, and some of these office buildings converted into residential so the, the commercial side is not looking very good for this year
1: hey jordan but before you move on from commercial real estate there isn't that also fairly imbalanced to what i mean is this there are places like san fran where that's getting up around 40 percent yeah right yeah, and so there are other places the
8: national, the national average but you're right there are those places that big um uh, salesforce tower in the middle of san francisco it's huge it's empty it's right completely empty so it's just staggering. It is. And I think Denver is the same, And not 40%, but a lot of places. I just don't think these are ever going to come back.
7: No, I know. Those are, those are things where uh, several things are going to happen. You know, developers, investors, even cities, municipalities are going to have to figure out how do we repurpose some yep. of those buildings? Because to your point, I don't think those things are ever going to come back. Not that I'm any kind of a fan of government being involved in what private development does, but they could sure fast track some of the Repurposing, In other words, if you want to put apartments or condos or do something a little different along those lines to do housing, you could fast-track the approval process. I'm not saying, Jordan, by any means cities need to pay for that or, or participate, but they could sure fast-track that to get those repurposed more quickly it's and really help our easy. housing shortage, by the way.
8: When you build an office building, it's a very different kind of animal building an apartment building. Right.
7: It Correct. be done,
8: but it's very time-consuming and expensive to do that. So Correct. just
7: to say, oh, just flip these well, off. Well, And so and my point is, so right. make that a little less expensive by, and that's one of the things I wouldn't have a problem with as a taxpayer is having, you know, government fast track and or help them even with some of the engineering and approval processes so yeah. their costs, because I know those costs can get extremely, extremely high as well. Yes. Just the process yes. of the re-entitlements and going through the city or county process, make that Easier, so you're then making that burden lesser on yeah. that owner.
8: Government doesn't tend to make things easier than t- t- to make things harder. So,
7: again, yeah, so that, that, that's where I'm for all of you listening, please. I'm not saying we need any kind of a TIFF or anything along those lines to where we you know, get taxpayer funded incentives, but no, no, make it just easier for those people to make those things happen. Yeah.
8: So, the other part that that has repercussions to are the banks. The banks have made all these loans, right? These commercial office towers and so on they're going to be seeing some big loan losses. More of the medium and smaller size regional banks uh, could take a major hit uh, this year uh, because of these. A lot of these have these balloon loans that are now coming due, and they're not going to be able to to refinance them. So some of these buildings may end up in the hands of the lenders. (laughs) They don't want to be in that business. Okay, what happens
1: next then? Let's say a building winds up in the hands of the lender. What do they do?
8: They try to do what they can but they're they're in the same
7: situation the same boat. As who run the
1: well that's what i mean i understand that they're still dealing with the fact that there's no demand for the supply exactly but exactly. do they repurpose i mean let, let's face it when you talk a bank,
7: about no a bank will just sell it off
1: well yeah I, i'm talking by they anyone who has the building bank oh. or whatever but here's the thing with these buildings as john's saying okay we can make them more residential well that of course completely changes the plumbing needs Correct throughout the building. Correct, And Correct. that means that you're going to... By the way, it's a great time to be a plumber in oh, the okay. inner any, any
7: trade, by the way. Yeah,
1: I mean, just so you know. Any trade. But, I mean, they would have to completely re-plumb they would. these buildings. They would. And yes. to repurpose them. Well, to
7: Jordan's point, these buildings aren't built that way initially. Although, Jordan, depending upon the building and how it was done and what the office configuration was and depending upon what part of town it's in... You know, depending upon the floor, the layout, and so on, and I'm not an expert at it by any means, but there, there's you know. If there's a will, there's a way. Let's just say it that can these, be done. The, it yeah, be done it's just it's not, expensive.
8: it's well, not I'm just cheap. It's a major drag on the economy. It you know, is,
7: the, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, but but again, building if
8: any new office buildings anytime soon if cities
7: so it's, were it's, smart, they'd streamline that so they don't have that empty building as an eyesore sitting in their yeah. downtown area.
8: That, that's a big if, but I, I'll, I'll go with you. I'm no, there.
7: no, it's a huge Jordan. Trust me, that you, it, there's probably not a city person listening. and if, if they even are, they're like, yeah, fat chance of that happening, John.
1: Okay, Jordan, hey, really quick, quick here, Jordan. Stuff. I'm going to I'm going to curse your entire life right now. I'm going to make you oh, the you. I'm going to make you a mayor of Denver. Okay, oh, so now yeah. you're a mayor of a downtown area, and you have to deal with this. What would you recommend? I mean, are you talking like tax breaks for, for conversions and redevelopment of these places? Would you do anything not or nothing? What breaks. could you do?
8: Tax breaks might help a little bit, but it's really it's giving incentives uh, to get these people. Because there is, in, in general, a shortage of residential housing. So it's not that these buildings are useless. Right. But you've really got to get to people who are going to convert these things. And, and, and the other thing is, is labor. I mean, we've talked about shortages. What, what people are going to do these major renovations? We don't have the people who have the skills to do them, in many cases. So it's, it's a real problem, and it's going to be a, a weight on the economy for a long time, this whole commercial situation. And it, it came got because of COVID. I mean, it kind of came out of the blue that we had this major structural change where people aren't going to the office as much as they
1: were in the past. It
8: well, all these the people
1: blue. have formed these home offices at home now. A lot yeah. of half. and those aren't gonna go away. Now everybody has a room in their home that is dedicated basically as a home office.
8: Exactly. So that's that's so anyway, that's on the commercial side. On the residential side it's the opposite. With commercial you have too much supply and not enough demand. Right. With with residential we have uh, too much demand and not enough supply. <laughs> right. Because um, a lot of people who in the past would have sold their homes. Yep. And downsized, maybe.
7: Downsized, uh, moved across town, town because, gone to a different school, you name it, you as know. you know.
8: But they've got these mortgages, 3 you know, and 4% mortgages. They don't want to trade that in for a 6 or 7% mortgage, and so the supply is a lot lower than it normally would be, particularly as the baby boomers get into their 60s and 70s. They would normally be downsizing and selling, and they're not as much as I did. Okay.
1: Have. Well, really quick here before we say it's absolutely impossible, let me throw this question to John. John, because you, you deal with developers and, and, and so forth, and, and it, what if somebody came along with a way, a methodology to say a little more streamlined and cheaply convert one of these buildings and they offer, okay, we as a company are going to go through building by building and convert these?
7: Oh, they, they and would save make, and save a you
1: and save you some of your losses.
7: If they could figure that out, they'd make an absolute fortune. Uh, back to the housing side, which this all coincides. Jordan, at what rate do you feel people start to move and go ahead and do that? Either next move up, or they make that move down, or they go closer to the kids' school, or whatever the case may be. Is it five and a half, six, five? Where does that right, need we're, Where we're do you think that has to half.
8: be? Mortgage rates are about six and a half now. It came down from eight. Right. So we're going the right direction, but we're not there. I would say you have to get into the fives.
7: Yeah, uh, I, I'm one that says, I think, to your point, I think you got to be in that. People just consciously, even if it's 5.75, they're like, I'm in the fives. I think for them, if they can just say, I'm back into the fives with my rate, I'll go ahead and move now. That's my thought.
8: Yeah. You know, housing affordability is a combination of two things. It's the mortgage rates, but it's the prices. And prices have gone up correct um, even though homes in spite of all this way down in yes. spite of this because of this supply demand imbalance there's a tremendous amount of demand but people are not able uh, to buy because they can't afford the prices or the mortgage rates so there's a lot of pent up demand if we can get the prices well, prices aren't going to come down if we get them we no. going a slower pace, I
7: guess you No, in fact, say. the fear that I have is if some folks wait long enough and the rates do come back down to, let's say, even five and a half, now you're back into that bidding war on certain homes. Not every home, but some of your nicer homes, corner lot, where it's very desirable, yeah, you're going to be back into a bidding war. So I've been telling my listeners, you know, even if you've got to do something today and you can afford it, Jordan, even if you refinance a year from now, it's all going to pay off because I think those prices are actually going to go up, not down.
8: Yeah, in general, I think prices will go up. Uh, it's a demographic thing. You've got all the people in their 30s, which is a big generation Xers that are forming households. There's 10 of them, and now of them have two jobs, and they're able to, to afford houses. But they, they don't want to stretch it too much. When when rates got up to eight percent, that really shut the housing the real residential side down. Now we've been saying we think that rates are going to fall this year. I mean, the 10-year Treasury that mortgages are based on has already fallen from five percent in October about 3.8% now. So it it's bringing mortgage rates down to some extent, but it's got to go further mm-hmm. to really get the residential market. So we've got these two very opposite situations, the commercial and residential right. market. Right. Well, and I want
7: to make sure, too, that I tell everybody this, because in a lot of folks out there, Jordan, think commercial, they think everything that's not residential. No. That's not, worth, that's not what we're saying. There are some commercial properties that are doing very well and will continue to do very well. It's isolated office space in certain areas where, frankly, it may have even been overbuilt in the beginning. And it's high-end office, and yes, those are going to get hurt. Uh, no offense. The guy that owns an auto shop that's got a tenant that's an auto mechanic inside of it, uh, you, you know, an auto shop inside of it, Jordan, that guy's not getting hurt at all.
8: Right. And, and, and we, for example, malls, uh, the high-end malls are doing okay, and the, kind of they call them ABC. The B malls are not doing great, and the C malls are doing terribly and closing down, becoming Amazon warehouses. Mm-hmm. So, that's happening in the malls. So, the industrial space in general is doing quite well. I mean, like warehouses and things like that, because so many things are being shipped. Um, so there's a big demand for warehouse space. So not all commercial is bad. But it's the downtown office buildings that really got hurt the most.
7: Yep. No, you are you are spot on. And I, what I'm going to do is just go a little bit longer here with you and I'll honor your time. I'll take a little bit longer break so we can get things all uh-huh. dialed in and help you out that way. Artificial intelligence. I keep reading a lot about that. In fact, I was I was uh, uh, watching a uh, a keynote on a particular new phone that's out that my son sent me that is all about AI. There's no apps on this particular phone any longer. It strictly strictly works off of AI. I actually looked at it and thought, man, this thing is absolutely the coolest thing ever. Some people will hate it. But let's face it, Jordan, AI is just going to get stronger, not weaker.
8: It is. This is the year of the rollout for consumers of artificial intelligence. In the next week or so, we're going to have the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. right? And it's all going to be about AI. There's going to be all kinds of announcements that are going to be in that area. Last year was kind of the introduction of the idea, and now it's going to be the implementation in all kinds of things. So I think there's some very positive things about it and potentially some very negative things about the positive things that could make people much more productive and creative and allow them to search in a much more efficient way and do education in a better way and do better computer graphics and all kinds of things we haven't even imagined yet uh but it, it's it's helping people all the time do things take out some of the drudgery in, in various ways so that's the positive the negative side it allows you to do all kinds of phony uh, disinformation. Yep. Uh, there was a story the other day about how uh, they're taking people's names and uh, voices and images and making all kinds of terrible things they shouldn't be Correct. doing and we don't want to do it. don't even know this is happening to them. Um, and it, so... There are evil people out there, and they're going to use AI. in yep, they some evil ways.
7: And and, yeah. and by the way, Jordan, that, and, and I, I'm a technology kind of a guy, and embrace it. I don't I don't shy away from it. I've always looked at it like you just said. It's a tool. I mean, a hammer can be a great tool. It can build a house or it can destroy someone's life by smashing yeah. them in the head. I mean, the reality is at the end of the day, it can do one or the other. Every other tool we have can do exactly that. It's a matter of whether you're going to learn about it, embrace it, use it in the right way, be wary of the ways it would be used against you. Uh, again, just like you would you know, have self-awareness, self-defense, and so on. Now, I also will say that when it comes to AI, if you have a job that might be directly affected by AI, don't be the horse and buggy guy. Don't resist right. it. You might as well figure out how to even use it potentially in your own job to assist you and make your job better rather than running away from it because otherwise you're going to be jobless.
8: I saw a piece on Sunday morning, uh, CBS Sunday morning, about uh, customer service using mm-hmm. uh, AI. And there's a, a program called Grace, uh, which can answer questions. It's very natural language, and it really sounds like you're speaking to somebody. And that program can solve about 95% of what people need, you know, right. do my password reset, right, or restart my credit card, or some basic. Well, where,
7: where do I find yep. this on the website? So on and so forth.
8: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot yep. of basic yep. stuff yep. that AI can do very efficiently, and and it's very efficient and. I'm I'm looking for for such-and-such
7: product, I can't find it, can you direct me? And, of course, the voice will say, absolutely, click here or go here or I'll send you the link or whatever. I've even seen some, Jordan, where uh, the the bot is actually making sales calls very, very effectively, uh, responds very well, overcomes objections, and does extremely well. And, yeah, those are the kinds of things that I could see being very advantageous to AI on the same token. If you've been in that world, you better be figuring out how to use it. Uh, in your favor rather than being somebody that becomes a number of, hey, I'm not employed any longer.
8: I've used my son as an example on the show before. He works as a software engineer at Airbnb. Right. And he uses AI every day to do coding that he used to have to do manually. And it makes him much more efficient. Mm -hmm. He's not losing his job. He's just much more efficient as doing what he was doing before. And all of his coworkers at Airbnb are using artificial intelligence all the time. So it can be used for good and making people more yep. productive and efficient and creative. I mean, think of what Hollywood is going to be doing with this. It's, it's a little bit scary, but they can make all kinds of things happen that are not physically possible using artificial intelligence for various ways. So a- and we have to have some guardrails to prevent the bad stuff
7: from happening We do, but, but wild... the As you know, the plus side to that also is all of the infrastructure that it takes for AI to happen. That's where chip makers and so on come right. into play, and that's where there's some – Uh, opportunity, if you would, even investment-wise in some of those those things, because you're going to need those.
8: By far the hottest stocks Mm -hmm. in 2023, anything AI-related. NVIDIA makes the chips for these things. Uh, Microsoft, Google, Facebook all have AI uh, components. And they're coming out all the time. Uh, OpenAI, that does the the, uh, chat GPT, has about a $100 billion valuation. So, yes, there's a lot of money, and the venture capital is going to be going to this area very hot. So there's going to be winners and losers, but that's going to be one of the major themes Mm -hmm. of this year, is how AI actually affects you in your everyday life.
7: All right, one last time. How do folks find you, Jordan?
8: Uh, Jordan at MoneyAnswers.com is my email, and always glad to help you, listeners.
7: Jordan, appreciate it. Happy New Year. Thanks for being with us today, as always. Right, Looking forward you. to 2024. You, All right, man. Okay. Take care. Appreciate it. Again, folks, uh, Jordan, uh, lo- love Jordan, actually. I know a lot of folks um, maybe don't, but I do. I enjoy I think. I think Jordan challenges me, and I know he does you at times, Andy, and it makes you and I sharper, I feel, at the end of the year. And at the same token, I think, or at the same time, I should say, I think we get Jordan to see things our way in a lot of cases.
1: Oh, sure. Jordan is just a wonderful guy who is willing to listen and also willing to speak his mind. And by the way, he is such a wealth
7: of information, of knowledge and yes. information. Agreed. So helpful. Thank you. All right. Coming right back. Hi-Fi Plumbing, folks. Well, you've got any kind of a plumbing problem, something that froze up. We've got colder weather coming in this weekend. It was kind of a nice day today, but don't be deceived. Make sure you're dialed in. Hi-Fi Plumbing will do that for you, 877. 877- We high
5: five. High five plumbing takes water quality seriously and has what it takes to bring clean, safe and high quality water to your home. Bad water in your home affects more than just taste. Those costly hair and skin products go right down the drain if you have hard water, pollutants or chemical imbalances. Water quality experts may make your water taste good, but because they're only treating the symptoms of your water instead of the cause, you'll continue paying them every month for the taste of your water. High Fives plumbers can hunt down root issues, so treating your water with chemicals isn't always necessary. Clean water means your clothes will be brighter, your hair will be softer, and you'll stop cleaning stubborn water spots off mirrors and dishes. To find out all the ways that clean water can make you safer and healthier, just contact high five plumbing at klzradio.com slash plumbing.
3: call high five for this.
7: Golden Eagle Financial, all of what we just talked about with Jordan, you've got somebody local that you can talk to directly. That's Al Smith, Golden Eagle Financial. Call Al today, find him at KLZRadio.com.
4: You wouldn't plan a family vacation at the last minute. And Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial wants to make sure you don't plan your retirement last minute either. There are hundreds of systems and apps that promise to make you big returns fast. But those miss all of the contingencies and unknowns in your post-work world. Al considers things like long-term care, family needs, giving to charity, and everything else you care about. He gets to know you and customizes your plan to your wants and needs. If you want to travel, donate, volunteer, or even build a sailboat, whatever your specific desires are, you need someone experienced to lead you around potential pitfalls and traps. Don't take your future into your own hands. Trust someone to guide you through it so you don't just retire. You retire on your terms. Just go to klzradio.com to start strategizing today. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management LLC, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents.
7: Michael Bailey Law, he's our mobile estate planner, and he wants to make sure you're dialed in for 2024. We didn't get a chance to talk to Jordan much about that, but that's something else you really need to make sure that you have handled. Find Michael at klzradio.com.
0: Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, knows that living life means change and you need to make sure your estate plan changes with your life. For example, you check your car tires from time to time to make sure that nothing has changed and that you don't have a flat. Just like those tires, you need to check your estate plan from time to time to make sure your family isn't stuck on the side of the road with all your stuff. Things in your life have changed. A child gets married, they move away, they grow up, and life happens. These are all important reasons to check your estate plan. You need Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, to make sure the road ahead is smooth and a solid plan is in place. Your vehicle has a warning light for low tire pressure. No such luck with your estate plan. So go to the estate planner that we trust to update what you want to happen. Contact mobile estate planner Michael Bailey today by going to klzradio.com
7: slash estate. Insurance. Make sure you're dialed in with your insurance today. Paul Leuenberger, my agent, would love to help you. 303-662-0789.
3: Paul Leuenberger will teach you how to pay for home insurance the right way, saving money on premiums while protecting yourself from catastrophic costs in the future. American National Insurance keeps premiums low by attracting clients who choose to self-insure the small stuff. Most people don't understand basic economics, so they file claims all the time, driving up the cost of insurance year after year. You listen to Rush to Reason, so you probably have a better head on your shoulders, financially speaking, than the average homeowner. Still, you can learn new strategies from Paul Leuenberger to practice responsible money management. The smartest homeowners only file claims in emergencies, Opting to pay out of pocket for everyday expenses. Personal responsibility benefits everyone, enabling you to afford total loss coverage. Call John's personal insurance agent, Paul Lewinberger, with American National Insurance for details about his one of a kind rebate program. 303 662 0789.
0: Now back to Rush to
7: Reason on KLZ 560. All right, we got about thirty seconds left of this hour, and we could we could actually spend a whole another hour on what do you do with some of these empty office buildings and the repurpose of and so on. And again, that's for a you know probably another day, Andy. And really, there's some smart people out there that I'm sure are very much looking at some of those options. What do they do? But. I am one where, hey, if some of these cities to incentivize some of these builders to come in and you know get some things fast tracked and say, listen, you know, we'll even put a department together that will do nothing but help you get these things through much, much faster than once before, would that be incentive for developers to come along and buy those and do that? I think Andy, it absolutely would. And that's yes. what's gonna have to happen. So all right, guys, we're coming back. Hour number two, don't go anywhere. Myself, Andy and Charlie. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ five sixty.